want to thank all of you again and want to thank our online audience. Thank you so very much. You know how much we love you all. And uh, thank you for tuning in to hear a message from the Lord. I want to continue uh, sharing uh, the life of the Son, uh, that is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. This is part three, and I will just jump right into it uh, uh, by saying to you that uh, Jesus is dealing with uh, those who followed him but followed him for the wrong reason. They followed him because they had eaten uh, of the fish and the loaves, or they followed him uh, for material reasons and not for those reasons uh, that, uh, that he gave them. That is, that he is and was and is the Son of God. And so we want to sort of explore that today. You know, why are you following Jesus? That's, that is the question I wanted to put before you. When 70 of Jesus' disciples left him after one of his teachings, he, he had a strong teaching, and 70 of them walked away. Um, then Jesus said to the 12 something that I've never heard a pastor venture to say. He said, do you also want to go away? He said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Uh, pastors would do almost anything to keep people from going away. And uh, Jesus asked them, do you want to do the same? Because he had spoken the truth. And we find that it is difficult for people sometimes to digest the truth. And uh, that should not be for every believer. We don't want to ever take on diet of lies. We want to take a diet of truth, always. Your, your digestive excuse, thank you, please. Your spiritual digestive system should be repulsed by, by anything that is not the truth. But you can ingest and digest the truth. And then it becomes a part of you. Remember sixth or seventh grade science, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And so we want to make sure that we do that. Jesus asked them, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter, I love Simon Peter. Simon Peter is the kind, you want a friend like Simon Peter in your group. Uh, uh, he was called Simon Barjona, but God now has changed his name. Jesus changed his name to Simon the Rock. Gave him a last name. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Gave him a new last name. And, uh, uh, and so he's, he's, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? So why are you following Jesus? He says, to whom shall we go? You alone, or you have the words of eternal life and... Not only that, you have the words of eternal life. So we're following you because you are the possessor of God's eternal word. And we have come to believe and know. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, of the living God. Why are you following Jesus, why are you following Jesus? Not for the fish and the loaves, not for material blessings, but because you know that he is the son of the living God. He is God in a human body. That's why we follow Jesus. In John chapter 6, verses 26 uh, through 59, but we'll, we'll start with 26, and I want to recap a little bit 
because the life of the Son of Man has been given to you. One of the worst scenarios that I can imagine would be at the last day you are resurrected and you, are resur you did not take place in the first resurrection because you believed your own thoughts over God's Word. Those of us who believe God's Word will be in the, a part of the first resurrection. But if you do not believe God, you do not believe His Word, you will not take part in that resurrection. And the last resurrection is a resurrection of condemnation, of judgment. It is an amazing thing that God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that you should believe in the Son of God and have a big, for believing, for saying, I'm sorry, God, you're right, I'm wrong, and I want you. And just for that, God gives you eternality. He gives you eternal life. He gives you eternal life. That is amazing. And I, I want to reiterate because we have taught this before, but I want to just reiterate for those who may not have heard, death is not annihilation. When you die, it's not like you just cease. There's nothing else. No. You could almost understand if somebody says, well, I just want to just be gone and forgotten and uh, just cease to exist. Okay. But since death is not annihilation, you have two choices. You can be where the unbelievers are in eternal torment, or you can be where God is and, and, and all believers and followers of Jesus are. You can be there. So that is the choice you make. It's not as the world would say to us. It is not as the world would say to us. The world says in a measure, you are your own God. You make up your own mind. Forget those crazy folks over there. But it's the crazy folks who are saying, forget the crazy folks. Yeah. Because if you can look at yourself and say, I'm looking for proof for God. I don't believe there's a God. I'm looking for proof. And you don't look in the mirror and see that you are the proof. <laughs> there's some issues with that. I want to encourage your heart because the life of the Son of God is for you. If you have the Son, you have life, eternal life. Zoe life. That's big to me. And you may say, well, how do you know? Because when you accept Jesus by faith, then the witness, the witness is in you. The credible witness of God is in you. The credible witness of the Holy Spirit is within you. In John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You ate of the loaves and you were filled. And he warns them, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. So eternal life is a prize worth desiring. Eternal life, that is the life of God, God offers you the same life, not that he has, but the same life that he is. That is so big for me. Wow. And so he says, when you have this, then you will, you will have endurance. You will have the ability to remain in what God called you. You will abide, stay there where God has called you. When you have this life, you don't have to fight to stay where God called you with this life. This life is your energy. This life is your source. Amen. It's amazing. 
So you, you, you don't look at the things which are seen because the things which are seen are always temporary. But the things which are unseen, those are eternal things. And so by, by faith, you can see what the human eye could never, ever see, nor the human mind could ever perceive. That is so big for me. And this is what God is offering. And you and I have taken God up on his offer, haven't we? We would say, yes, thank you. You mean for, for my repentance and, and believing that Jesus Christ is your son? I absolutely believe it. Because there's always a window that is open when the gospel is preached. You have an opportunity to say yes or no. Wow. Say yes. Yes. Verse 29 says, um, verse 28 says, And then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? So they, they wanted to, to do some, the works of God. And God in the flesh is standing right in front of them. And they want him to tell them what to do to do the works of God. Now notice what he says. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And so Jesus is, is emphasizing the fact that he did not come on, on his own, but he was sent by God. He was sent by the God that they said, uh, his father, the, the God that they said was their own God. But they did not recognize the work of God in the Son of God. And so verse 30 says, therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? And they're just uh, eight I mean, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. They just ate from two fish and five little barley loaves, all of them. And they had, what, 12 baskets left. They said, no, 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 show us something bigger than that. I want something bigger than that. They, they, then they go on to explain their theology, which is, was bogus. It was totally messed up. He says, our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And that's found in Exodus 16, 15, by the way, and other scriptures. Verse 32 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Now notice how Jesus talks. It's amazing the way he talks. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread. So the true bread from heaven is to be distinguished from the manna in the wilderness. Just know, you got to know how Jesus talks. Sometimes people will say to me, Pastor, I, th I think God told me blah, blah, blah. What do you think? I go, hmm. Doesn't sound like him. And then other times they'll say, you know, Jesus said, or the Spirit of God, I believe said such and such. I go, sounds just like him. Have you, you, you know what I'm talking about. I feel like you're shouting up here. I was on the, on the way to the meeting tonight and um, hitched the ride. Um, didn't have to hitch the ride, but I hitched the ride. And uh, uh, Brother Nathan was playing one of the old tapes about 12 or 14 years ago. And um, I, I was shouting. I thought, where did that young man come from? <laughs> yeah. So he goes on to say that the Father gives the true bread. For the bread of God is... Now notice, so you must, you are what you eat. So the bread of God is, so spiritually speaking, we must feast, eat the, the Son of God. You must take every word of God and, 
and ingest it and digest it, and you will become something special. This is what he said. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives Zoe, gives life, Zoe, to the world. Not bio, but Zoe to the world. Then they said to him, now notice, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. They wanted the bread of life as long as it wasn't Jesus. And then worldly people, they want some change as long as it doesn't involve Jesus. You, however, have made the right decision. You have made the right decision. And during these turbulent times in which we live, we must be assured that we have made the right decision. Don't let little hiccups and bumps in your road cause you to believe you're going in the wrong direction. Amen. I mean, if, you, if, if you're going to let little hiccups in your, your road, your spiritual walk, cause you to feel like you're going in the wrong directions, you can't drive on the streets of Corpus Christi. <laughs> I said, Lord Jesus, help us. It's like that young lady said one time, hip, Lord, you know, hip, you know, hip, Lord. So then, then they say, give us his bread. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me, now notice, shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And what Jesus is saying is there is an eternality component here. He's not saying that you may uh, have an issue here or there. But have you noticed that all the great issues you've had in life and walking with Jesus, if you've walked a while, have you noticed how they become more minor, like minuscule, and what used to just cause you to, to just have a fit? You know, you just walk by it now, just kind of step over the hurdle and just go. You know, and, and that is, is by design because uh, it's that my dad used to sing this song. Dad couldn't sing worth a lick. But, he, but I remember it because he sang it so poorly. But he said, Jesus and the people are watching you. So even believers are watching you. And they'll go, wow, you know, I didn't think that he or she could do that. Well, if they did it, I think I can. I have the same Holy Spirit. I have the same Word of God. I'm listening to the same songs. I, I am listening to the same Word preach. I can do it too. And that's where younger people should see us older people and say, I can do it too. I remember a number of years ago, it's kind of a funny story. I, by the way, I always, Pastor Ken can tell you that I have, I'm a very big optimist. I think I can preach these messages in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Oh, Pastor, just give me 20, you know. But I remember a number of years ago, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, you know, I, I, professionally, I came from the oil industry, petroleum industry. And um, now, then when I came back to, to the church here, from time to time, I would try to augment my income a little bit by working days off. If I, I would take a day off sometime here and there in those days, and I would take a vacation sometimes here and there, and I would augment my income. And some young people say, oh, Brother Elliot, uh, um, uh, I understand those are good jobs out there. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, you, let, let, you think you'd give me one of those? And he would say, well, it takes a lot. He said, but, but a pastor does it. It's like, it's like if, if he does it, surely I can. You know? <laughs> but it's such a funny story. But we ought to live a life so that others can say, well, if they can 
through, go through that. Well, I can't. You know, that's how we want to live. That's what we should be giving to this younger generation. Jesus says, you will never hunger if you come to him. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Don't turn there necessarily. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I thought, what is that word, shall be filled? It's called cortazo. It means they shall be stuffed. They shall, it's like, like to gorge yourself. It's um, an, a, a supply of food in abundance, like more than you can eat. He says, they shall be filled. They shall have, they shall be satisfied. They shall be satiated because this word that I'm going to give them is going to be like a young man told me many years ago when I think they first came out with granola. He says, I love granola in the morning. It sticks to your ribs. When we were younger people, I mean, uh, an agrarian society, a rural society in America, uh, we, we ate large breakfasts. You, anybody old enough to remember the large breakfasts we would eat? You know, you would eat you know, biscuits and bacon and syrup and jelly and jam and eggs and, and all that because you had a job to do. You had to go out and work and exert energy, and you wanted something to stick to your ribs. And what Jesus is saying here, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because he is the righteousness of God. They shall be filled, and they shall have an abundance, and they'll stick to the ribs, and they'll be able to do the work of God. That's what Jesus is saying. Hallelujah. Then in verse 36, it says, but I said to you that I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. You know, and it's, it's, it's kind of wild to, to believe that people can pass by churches and go, there are a lot of people going over, the, over to that church, and I don't believe that stuff. Then you get a diagnosis. You know, that you're going to die and not live. And you go, you go to all that, those crazy people and you say, pray, pray for me. Are oh, you still with me? You, you shouldn't wait until that time. You should ask God, even if you say, God, I'm having struggles with faith. Um, would you help me? And one, one guy I know, a young man years ago, he was saying, God, if you're, if you, uh, if you're real, he said, let me see something in the skies. Let me see something. And that, about that time, a shooting star just started to go all over. And this guy ran screaming into the house. He saw something. You ought not have to see something because for believers, it's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing. Amen. Now, so Jesus goes on to say in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. That, that is so comforting to me. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. I will not cast, I will not cast them out. Why? For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. Can you say that with me? Nothing. That's his will. You know why I know I'm going to see Jesus for myself? Because, because he said I will lose nothing. When I was younger in the faith, trying to struggle, trying to do everything, I thought, I think I might go to hell because one of these days I'm going to get angry with somebody and I'm going to punch him and the sound is going to, the horn's going to blow and this will be over. 
Didn't happen. Hasn't happened. May I use some good English? Ain't going to happen. <laughs> no, because Jesus says that the will of God is that he would not lose you. Remember when Jesus was going to the cross before he, in John chapter 17 in his high priestly prayer, he was praying and he said, he said, uh, <clears throat> Father, of those you've given me, I've not lost anyone except the son of perdition. And I lost him, these are Don Lavelle words, I lost him that the scripture might be fulfilled. Because the scripture says, let his bishopric, let another take his bishopric. If it were not for the scripture that I would have held him too. Are you with me? But the scripture says he will lose nothing, not one of you. That's only the son of perdition. You are not a child of perdition or damnation. Only one of them. Then he says, of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Should raise it up at the last day. I'm, I'm going to raise everybody up at the last day. And then he goes on to say, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now notice the promise Jesus keeps making that I'm going to raise him up. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to raise you up. That is, he's going, you are going to have a bodily resurrection. That's going to be a, a mind-blowing thing, if I may just say mind-blowing. I've been rebuked rebu for saying that. Mind-blowing. Yeah, somebody rebuked me. Yeah, you, you know, you, you want to be a pastor, you have to be able to stand rebukes. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be mind-blowing. Can you imagine? Because we are the seed, right? We're the seed. And, and this, this, these bodies are going to be planted in earth. I just wonder what we're going to look like. Do you ever think like that? Listen, being a Christian is fun. I mean, I enjoy it. Okay. Oh, Jesus, are you that no, sir? you that man. Help me. Okay, let me, let me continue. He says, that, so the Jews then complained about him because he said, they complained about him because he told the truth. They complained because he told the truth. And so often in the, this day in which we have inherited or we have found ourselves in, it, it's amazing. You can get more, into more trouble now for telling the truth than telling a lie. When I was a kid, we couldn't lie. Oh, I tell you, you couldn't even say the word at the house. You couldn't call anybody a lie. When I grew up, it was like using horrible profanity. If I said to, uh, to one of my brothers, you're lying. Oh, I was going to be lying down on the bed with the backside up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't do it. But, but this is a, is, a, is a weird thing where we are. And listen to what it says. The Jews, proclaim, they, they, they complained because he told the truth. He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And listen up. And what they knew was a big problem. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? 
Let me skip over my explanation of that and go to verse 43. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. This is the third time in this text that, I've, that Jesus has said, I will raise him up. I will raise that person up. So Jesus says that emphatically, I will raise him up. He says it with the confidence of God. He says it with the confidence of the Word of God. He is God, and he is the Word of God. He promises you that you will not languish in hell, nor will you languish in some, bad, in, in some grave, nor will you languish in some bad situation. He's amazing, isn't he? Raise him up the last day. And then he says, it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, everybody who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. I'm going to read these few verses, and then we're going to have, we're going to have Brother James who's going to lead us in, in, a, in, a, in a bit of worship, a song. Verse 47 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus is saying uh, most assuredly, saying amen, amen. He's saying uh, surely, surely. You know, I, you know, definitely, definitely. He's saying amen, amen. Um, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And then he, 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 he continues to reiterate. He said, Jesus being the truth says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers. Now, he answers that question, that previous statement. Our fathers ate bread in the, in the wilderness. You know, do something. You know, dance for a shore, something bigger. He says, your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and are dead. They were boasting in, in this manna. And he says, okay, they did eat and they are dead. I love you, Jesus. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. It's in contradistinction to dying. I'm looking at people here who will not die. There are those of you online, you will not die. Your body will go to the grave. You're gonna, once that body is, is, is lifeless, you're going to take wings. Then he says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And those worldly people say, I don't believe that stuff. Who would give their only son? Somebody who loves you more than you love yourself. The Jews then quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. But Jesus is saying, If you don't receive this message, if you don't receive who I am, you will die in your sins. You have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And now notice, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus keeps giving us assurance and I will raise him up for the last day. The one who says, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days, did it. And I said, I'm going to raise you up too. Mm. For my flesh is food indeed, spiritual food. And my blood is drink indeed, spiritual drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As a living father, he says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, who receives me. He said, he abides in me. So we are, Paul tells us, 
in Colossians chapter 1, I believe verse, verse 13, that God has, has uh, delivered us from the power of darkness and translated, transferred, conveyed us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so the beloved son, it's not like a spacious kingdom as it were, some place that we go to, it's a person that we live in the person of Jesus Christ in a spiritual sense. Wow. All right, I'm almost done. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. I live because of the Father. Jesus says, I am existing here, standing right here in front of you because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. I, I offer to you death and nothing else can take you before it's your time. I offer that to you. I said to Brother Elliot, I said, Brother Elliot, there are people who think that I'm making foolish mistakes by going to the world in dangerous places. I said, Don't, if anybody says he shouldn't have gone, if I perish, uh, if I die on one of those trips, if somebody takes my life, I said, you tell them I died in the will of God. I, I told them that. I died in the will of God because nobody can take our life from us. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He reiterates that statement. Not as they ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. He tells us again. And these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Father, thank you for this word. In Jesus' name, amen.